Welcome to the Truth For Today podcast with your host, Joseph Franta, international minister, speaker, and Bible school instructor. Stay tuned for today's episode. Welcome to Truth For Today. I'm your host, Joseph Franta, Joseph Franta Ministries, and we're talking about a stone that God laid in Zion a precious stone, a costly cornerstone, a sure foundation. He who believes in him will not be disappointed. So the stone that God originally laid in Zion at the first coming of Jesus Christ was Jesus himself, the Messiah, the anointed one, the holy one, the one that they had been looking for for actually hundreds and thousands of years, prophesied all through the Old Testament as the coming one. This stone is priceless, precious, and powerful. It's the stone of Jesus Christ, the rock of our salvation. Jesus said to Peter, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Does that sound like a weak church, a defeated church, a church with no power and no authority to combat the forces of wickedness and spiritual darkness? That is not the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are living in the age of grace. And grace is God's supernatural power to accomplish God's supernatural purpose. The age of grace is the age of salvation, deliverance, the age of miracles. It's the age when the Spirit of God was poured out on the day of Pentecost. And God was manifested in power and signs and wonders and gifts of the Holy Spirit. And this age has not passed away. We are actually still in the age of grace, still in the age of miracles, still in the age of signs and wonders. But you have to get your own revelation from the Word of God to see that that is so. It's not not just what you've learned in the past. It's what revelation is brought to your heart, your mind, your inner man, by the Spirit of God. He reveals to you things that no man can reveal to you. The Holy Spirit. And, uh, I want to just go back to 1 Peter 2 a little bit here. Verse 4, Peter's revealing to us a lot of revelation of Jesus Christ. And he says here in verse 4, Peter, 1 Peter 2, 4, and coming to him as to a living stone. Oh, there he is again, Jesus, the living stone. 
and coming to him as to a living stone which has been rejected by men, but is choice and precious in the sight of God. There's a verse in uh, the Gospels that says, you know, what is highly valued by man is an abomination in the sight of God. What's highly prized by men, what feeds their pride and their lusts, is an abomination in the sight of God. Here we have a man who humbled himself, the God-man, Jesus Christ. And it says, you also as living stones are being built up as a spiritual house. This is the church. To be a spiritual house. Not some dead letter denomination, but a spiritual house who allows the Holy Spirit to manifest and demonstrate the power of God in the midst of God's people. You also, as living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices, that's prayer, acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For this is contained in Scripture, you know, the apostles always emphasized the Scriptures because they knew all Scripture was inspired by God. And this is contained in Scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion a choice stone, a precious cornerstone, and he who believes in him, not it, and he who believes in him will not be disappointed. This precious value then is for you who believe. But for those who disbelieve, the stone which the builders rejected, this became the very cornerstone. You know, the ignorance of man is amazing. Because even though God made all mankind, created them in his image and likeness, there's a pretty large percentage that reject their own creator. But thank God for the ones that receive Christ as Lord and Savior. These are the true sons of God. The stone which the builders rejected, this became the very cornerstone. In today's world, they don't even want to acknowledge God. In fact, they don't even want the knowledge of God. They try to eradicate the knowledge of God in Jesus Christ. But you know what? Someday, everyone is going to have an audience before the stone, the rock of our salvation. For the church, it'll be the judgment seat of Christ. For the world, that has rejected Christ, it'll be the great white throne judgment. But the Bible says every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father, whether they're saved or unsaved. 
every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So it's your opportunity now, if you're alive, to get right with God and to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. It says about uh, those that rejected the gospel in the early days of the church that they counted themselves unworthy of eternal life. In other words, they forfeited eternal life for whatever they lusted after. How sad. It's not the will of God that any man perish, anyone perish, but that all come to repentance and come to the knowledge of the truth. This precious value then is for you who believe. But for those who disbelieve, the stone which the builders rejected, this became the very cornerstone. And a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. Yeah, a lot of people stumble over the stone. And they're offended when they hear the gospel. They hear the truth about the true condition of man's soul. For they stumble because they are disobedient to the word. You know, they don't, they don't acknowledge the word. In fact, they want to suppress the truth in unrighteousness every opportunity they can because their darkened conscience will be enlightened if they spend enough time listening to the word of God. God is love. God is truth, and God is light. And God's word, the entrance of God's word, is light. And so God is trying to enlighten every man, every woman, every person. But if they close their heart, their conscience, their inward man, to the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ, they're going to be lost forever. And it won't be God's fault because he wants all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. But we know that not all men will. Verse 9, but you, talking about the church, those that know Christ, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. This a chosen race refers to a chosen generation. It can be translated that way. But also a royal priesthood, a holy nation. That's the church. These are all descriptions of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. A new creation of men and women that have never existed before because they're born again, born of the Spirit, born from above. If any man is in Christ, or any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That's what a true conversion is. You become born again, born from above, born by the Spirit. You become a child of the King. You become a royal priesthood, a holy nation, 
a chosen generation. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? As opposed to just being a number in somebody's computer program. But you are a chosen race and a royal priesthood and a holy nation so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. It is marvelous. It's a great salvation, and it's a marvelous walk with Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. The stone, the stone which the builders rejected. Let's go to Romans chapter 9. Talks about the stone. In verse 33, Romans 9, 33. Paul is actually, you know, speaking to the Jewish people in Rome here. And uh, let's, uh, let's start up in uh, verse 27. Isaiah cries out concerning Israel, though the number of the sons of Israel be like the sand of the sea, it is the remnant that will be saved, but we know from Zechariah that all Israel will be saved, but he's talking about in this age, the church age, there'll only be a remnant of them saved, but later on, the whole, all Israel will be saved. For the Lord will execute his word on the earth thoroughly and quickly. In other words, God's judgment will come to sinful man. And just as Isaiah foretold, Unless the Lord of Sabbath had left to us a posterity, we would have become like Sodom and would have resembled Gomorrah. Sound familiar about what's going on in certain cultures today? Sodom and Gomorrah were people that were intent on violating and breaking every law that God had when it came to morality. And they were eventually judged by God himself. Verse 30, what shall we say then that, that Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness attained righteousness, even the righteousness which is by faith, but Israel pursuing a law of righteousness, in other words, you know, the Mosaic law, did not arrive at that law, the law of faith. Well, talking about you can't, no matter how hard you try to keep the law, you'll never be able to. The law was given as our tutor or schoolmaster to lead us to Christ because the law shows all men how sinful they are and how far short they fall of God's righteous standard and that it proves to man that they need a savior, that they can't please God in their own efforts, works. And so here he's talking about, but Israel pursuing a law of righteousness did not arrive at that law. In other words, they couldn't keep it. Why? Because they did not pursue it by faith. But as though it were by works, 
They stumbled over the stumbling stone. Oh, they stumbled over the stumbling stone. Who was that? Their own Messiah, Jesus Christ. Yeshua HaMashiach. When he came the first time, born in Bethlehem, Micah 5.2, they rejected him because they were looking for a Messiah that would be a political deliverer. But Jesus came as a humble servant, not as a political deliverer. He came into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday riding on, the, riding on a donkey. He was so humble. He came as the first time to redeem man from their sins by dying on the cross as their substitute and to restore them back to God by being raised from the dead. All men were justified when they believed on Christ. They received total forgiveness and cleansing of every sin. Here it says, Just as this is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. There it is again. It's all through the Bible. Behold, I lay in Zion a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, and he who believes in him will not be disappointed. We're talking about God's way of doing something. And no matter how man tries to fix this world, it only gets worse. Have you noticed that? Man has the most advanced technology, uh, the most advanced science. I'm talking about true science. Man has the uh, most advanced technology, the most advanced true science. They have all sorts of education and knowledge. And yet with all their knowledge, their worldly knowledge, and advanced science and technology, they can't fix the world. It keeps getting worse and worse. Because the problem with the world cannot be fixed with technology or science. The problem with the world is the hearts of men are corrupt. And the corruption, the sinfulness that's in the hearts of men is destroying all the cultures of the world. And the only one that can change the heart is Jesus Christ. The only one that can give you a new heart is Jesus Christ. The only one that can forgive you of your sins and give you a new life is Jesus Christ. You know, this is not very complicated to figure out. Let's turn to Romans chapter 3 and get a look at the condition of mankind according to what... God revealed to the Apostle Paul. As it is written, this is Romans 3, as it is written, verse 10, there is none righteous, not even one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. All have turned aside. Together they have become useless. There is none who does good. There is not even one. And he goes on. 
And it's a horrible description. I'm not even going to read the whole thing. But the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. What was God's original intention for Adam and Eve? It was to walk in the glory, to live in the presence of God. But they chose their own way over God's eternal plan. And they fell, and they, and they fell, they plunged the whole human race into sin, destruction, and death. But Jesus came and redeemed us from that curse. The rock, the stone, which the builders rejected, became the chief cornerstone. Let's turn to Psalm 118. Let's look at that one more time. Psalm 118. This is so important that you understand that God has a remedy for sin, that God has a solution for man's rebellion, disobedience, carelessness, and corruption. In Psalm 118, hold on please, this is what he's talking about. Psalm 118, I don't know why all these pages are sticking together today, but they sure are. He's talking about the stone which the builders rejected. Psalm 118. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And be glad in it. So we see God had a solution for all of man's perplexing problems and complexities and inefficiencies and deficiencies. It was to send the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Let's go to Galatians chapter 3. And we're going to see a little bit about redemption. How Jesus, the stone which the builders rejected, accomplished rejection redemption for us. And this is very important. In Galatians 3, verse 10, for as many as are of the works of the law are under a curse. You're trying to please God through some kind of religious works. The Bible says you're under a curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law to perform them. Now that no one is justified by the law before God is evident, for the righteous man shall live by faith. This is God's way of living. However, the law is not of faith. On the contrary, he who practices them shall live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. What, in fact, was the curse of the law? It's all written down very plainly in Deuteronomy 28. The curse of the law was sickness, poverty, and spiritual separation from God. That's a nutshell. It included sickness, weakness, pain. All that was part of the curse of the law. 
Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. So Jesus became the curse for us. In order that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we would receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. What was that promise of the Spirit? A life, a supernatural life, lived through the power of the Holy Spirit, living in you as a temple of God. Now, in this same chapter of Galatians 3, 5, it says, So then, does he who provides you with the Spirit and works miracles among you do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? So then, does he who provides you with the Spirit and works miracles among you do it by the works of the law, by your fasting or by your, uh, you know, your long hours of praying, or by hearing with faith, hearing the Word of God and joining your faith to it. Even so, Abraham believed God and it was reckoned or credited to him as righteousness. Therefore, be sure that it is those who are of faith who are the sons of Abraham. The Scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, in other words, make them righteous, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, all the nations will be blessed in you. All the nations will be blessed with Abraham, the father of faith. So then those who are of faith are blessed with Abraham, the believer. Now, we got a little bit of time, and I want to turn to Hebrews again. Because Jesus came with a powerful gospel, a powerful message of deliverance, freedom, salvation, redemption. That was, it was all his message. And Paul gives us a revelation of it in Hebrews 4. Therefore, 4.1, Therefore, let us fear while a promise remains of entering his rest, complete peace and safety. Any one of you may seem to have come short of it. For indeed, we have had good news. That's the gospel, good news. For indeed, we have had good news preached to us just as they also, but the word they heard did not profit them because it was not united by faith in those who heard. You can hear and hear the Word of God, but if you never unite your faith with it, it won't do you a bit of good. You'll live as a natural man under natural circumstances. You'll be susceptible to the weaknesses of the flesh, and you'll never be able to rise above it unless you learn how to walk by faith and live in faith. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1, for this reason we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard so that we do not drift away from it. For, for if the word spoken through angels proved unalterable 
And every transgression and disobedience received a just reward or penalty, recompense. How will we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? After it was at the first spoken through the Lord, it was confirmed to us by those who heard, God also testifying with them both by signs and wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. We are living in a day of grace. Let's go to Acts chapter 4. I got a few minutes here. Acts chapter 4. Another outpouring of the Spirit. In Acts 4, the apostles came and they had just been released from prison and they were going through a lot of persecution preaching the Word of God. But they had a prayer meeting here and it says, verse 25, who by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of our father David, your servant said, why did the Gentiles rage and the peoples devise futile things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. So this is the persecution they were up against. For truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatsoever your hand and your purpose predestined to occur. And now, Lord, take note of their threats and grant that your bondservants may speak your word with all confidence, all, all boldness, while you extend your hand to heal and signs and wonders take place through the name of your holy servant Jesus, the supernatural divine intervention of God with miracles, signs, and wonders. And when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. I thought they were filled in Acts 2. Now they're filled again in Acts 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. And the congregation of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Verse 33, And with great power the apostles were giving testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and abundant grace was upon them all. Great power, great grace, great miracles. They have not faded away or passed away as a lot of theologians would want you to believe. The Bible says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What he did yesterday, he'll do today. What he does today, he'll do tomorrow, and the next day, and the next month. Jesus is alive. He rose from the dead. He said it. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I was dead, and I am alive forevermore. Revelation chapter 1. Thank you for listening today. Pick up your Bible this week and read the New Testament and let the Spirit of God speak to your heart and show you things you've never seen or heard before. The Lord is very active on the earth today through the person of His Holy Spirit. And if you're a believer, you have the Spirit of God within you to teach you and to show you things that you need to know. Thank you for tuning in again today and 
Have a great week. See you next time.